Welcome. You're listening to the I Say All That to Say This podcast. We're excited about today's episode, but before we get to our special guest, we'd like to tell you about some of the people that help make this podcast possible. This week's episode is sponsored by our friends over at Sovereign Financial. Mike Cuckle and Will Hines are incredibly gifted at taking care of you and your investments. They both are good friends, and I trust them with my family's future. They not only focus on your ROI, but they also do in-depth research and investigation so you can rest assured that you are only investing in like-minded companies. They call it biblically responsible investing. You can reach out to them at SovereignFIN.com. Again, that's SovereignFIN.com to make an appointment. And if you tell them you heard about them on this podcast, they will give you a free portfolio review and consultation. Our friends over at Spencer Hines Properties, founded by Ben Hines and Lynn Spencer in 1993, Spencer Hines has 10 agents specializing in only commercial real estate. The businesses that they have helped bring to the upstate of South Carolina have created over a thousand jobs. Their agents are dedicated to teamwork, integrity, excellence, and compassion. You can find out more at SpencerHines.com. Spencer Hines Properties, locally owned, community oriented, nationally connected. Welcome to the I Say All That to Say This podcast, an outreach of Impact Sports International. We seek to use sports as a vehicle to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the hard to reach, the lost, and the forgotten, whether that is just 10 minutes down the road or on the other side of the world. Here's your host, John Andrews. Hey guys, and welcome back to the I Say All That to Say This podcast. I'm your host, John Andrews. We're taking a break from our instrument series to bring you a special post-trip episode. We just got home from a trip to the Middle East, and during our last day there, I interviewed our participants, getting their perspective on what they saw and what they learned. I've also said that this ministry is much better experienced than it is explained. You can learn about this ministry by going to our website or signing up for a newsletter, but that is nowhere close to the depth of understanding of the global spiritual need and our role in trying to meet that need. But when you actually go with us and experience it, it's almost impossible to come home the same. So just sit back or work out or keep driving or whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to the podcast and hear the hearts of our team that use their gifts and talents that they had that God had blessed them with. And in some cases, the gifts that they didn't have to help reach the nations. We were not in the studio for that, so obviously the sound is going to be a little bit less than professional when you hear these people's hearts, but I think you'll understand what we're talking about. Here's a quick glimpse of the team that went. We had 10 people from four different states ranging in age from 20 to 58. So almost a 40-year difference between our youngest participant and our oldest participant. We were leading basketball clinics in a city of 8 million people. Our team members' experience ranged from 25 years of coaching experience to none. We had those that played college basketball, those that played at the high school level, and a few that didn't play at all. We took a college football player and a college golfer. And I was the only one who had met the other nine in person before we met up at the airport to fly over. So there were all kinds of reasons why this team should not have worked. But God miraculously worked in and through these guys on the trip. He united us like I've never seen before, especially when you consider they never knew each other. They never knew each other existed even two weeks ago. And it was awesome to see how God used used them to shine a light in a very dark place. In your mind, I want you to prepare your best law and order bell toll because this is our team and these are their stories. I'm now here with Solomon. Uh, Solomon is a former college athlete currently uh, seeking some professional options, just not in the basketball world. 
Solomon was a college football player, linebacker, and uh, pursuing um, what may be a, a professional career uh, in that. So on the surface, Solomon wasn't necessarily one that we would chase after, uh, but some of our staff have a long long existing relationship with Solomon. They said, you, you've got to talk to this guy. And you were set up to go with us uh, on another trip that was actually more up your up your alley. It was a football trip, and it got canceled twice this year. Um, and so we we uh, we added you to this group. Of course, you played high school basketball, and so you had that background. But uh, I want you to talk about um, what it was like to come in as the football guy, right? We're on a basketball trip, and everybody points, "Oh, Solomon's a football guy." Um, how did that, how did that, did, did you, did that factor into your thoughts at all heading into the trip and then how did that play out? I would like to say that it, it didn't, but I would say just very little. Um, I was nervous coaching basketball because I didn't play college basketball. Mm-hmm. So thinking of a lot of the drills and teaching these kids what's right. Yeah. Um, was something that was a little nervous, um, but I was very confident that I would be able to pick up and at least ask questions on yeah. if I was doing something correct. Well, the beautiful thing about this is, um, you know, when you have three or four days with the same group of people, there's only so much you can do. It's not like you're going through an entire season. Uh, they're not going to be fantastic players by the end of those three or four days. Uh, some of them have a long way to go, right? Some are beginners even uh, at some of the some of the camps that we did. Um, and so, you brought something to the table that that was beyond what really anybody else did, and that was your your. Uh, I'd say you and Jamin were our two flag bearers, really. I mean, you were you were uh, out there, you were loud, you were excited, you were passionate about what you're doing. And uh, the players saw that and responded to you. So tell me, uh, you were a little bit nervous. I'm not sure to know all the drills. But when it when it registered that, you know what, I probably don't need to know all these X's and O's. These kids just need to see my heart. Talk about that experience. Um, I would say during the first camp or two that really just seeing how the kids reacted to their coaches, mm-hmm. um, that – you know, sometimes you just hearing it from somebody else makes it really click. Um, so I kind of just focused on showing them compassion and really listening to them as much as I could and for as what I could understand. Right. Um, but really just getting on their level and hearing what they had to say and trying to make it fun. Um, on Not every drill is the most fun drill in the world, yeah. but um, just teaching them the basics was something fun and interesting to get. Well, you mentioned uh, the difficulty sometimes in communicating with the players or the coaches. Uh, you by far were the closest to being fluent by the end of the week than anybody else. You were, you were intentional about scribbling, you know, you, I, if you were, if you had your bag anywhere close to you mm-hmm. and you were with the local, you were, I, I'd see you furiously scribbling down a new phrase or a new word or something like that. Um, talk a little bit about, diving into another culture uh, that's totally different than anything you've ever experienced. Uh, what's different and what's the same? I think I went into it like if anybody was to come into my culture, I would want them to 
fully embrace and try mm. to understand as much as possible. Um, and the language is a huge part of our culture, as is theirs. Uh, so I would try to communicate in my culture and in their culture and their language. And that really allowed me to really like be close with them as being part of them because me showing as much effort as I could to be learning their language and learning what they say and what that actually means and even how to spell some of them. Yeah. um, Really kind of just allowed them to say like, I am trying to be Mm. as close to you as possible in my limited time and really opens the door and barriers that I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to compare. I'm really here to get to know you as much as I can and share the gospel through that relationship and really understand your story as mm-hmm. being as close to you as possible. Mm. So in your own, uh, in your own life, your own personal experience, um, your own journey, what has this meant to you and your meant to you, um, what you've seen, what you've experienced, maybe what God's been moving you towards teaching you, what does it mean in your journey with Jesus? It really put everything in perspective that me with these kids, I could see a lot of stages that I've went through. And in those stages of life, I was questioning, I was like, God, why am I in this period Mm. of time? Um, Why is this happening to me? Why is this a struggle? And even times where I thought I had control of my own life, that I knew how to get to my goal and it was all on my shoulders. Um, And God put me through all those things, I feel, to relate that I can look back and be like, there was a reason why. And if this camp was the reason why that I could communicate to one kid or two or three. Um, And I've wanted to share and allow kids to decompress as sports are so stressful already and doesn't mean life isn't stressful as well. So all athletes have that extra, they sign up for extra stress, mm-hmm. especially if they take it serious. And being able to relate to that is just pretty amazing in that God gave me struggles and hardships and times where nothing was going my way and times where things were going all my way. Mm-hmm. But that is sports. And I think a lot of across the world, people can relate through sports no matter what your culture is. Mm-hmm. So, Okay. What now? How does this, how does this change who you are going home? I think it definitely changes on how I think about sharing my own story. I would say, cause typically if you ask me before this trip, not a lot of people know my story. Not a lot of people even ask for my story, but I think I'm going to go back home and actually ask more people about their stories so that I can tell mine. Mm. Not that I'm just going to be going and not listening to their story, but being able to listen to someone else's story and share your story will allow much more communion. No matter who or where you're from, I think everybody can get something out of everybody's story Mm. because we're all part of God's children and body and we all have different purposes and, and just reaching one person can be the goal, but if you say nothing, you may never do it. Mm, that's good. That's good. Solomon, I know it was, um, um, your mindset was different coming on a basketball trip as opposed mm. to a football trip. Uh, but I appreciate you, uh, stepping out 
uh, because sometimes God calls us to the uneasy and the uncomfortable, and it's clear to see how he's grown you this uh, this past week and a half or so. Uh, thank you for putting the work in to get here, and thank you for the work that you put in while you're here. Thank you. Thanks so much. I'm now here with my buddy Jamin, or he, as he has come to be known in the Middle East as Jamin. <laughs> Uh, Jamin, this is your first trip like this, uh, yep. first time out of the country. Um, you, I have to say, were our uh, flag bearer this week uh, mm-hmm. because of your passion, your excitement, uh, your contagious enthusiasm. Uh, but this was also your first trip in totally different context. You're very comfortable on a basketball court, yeah. playing in college and, um, and training some people since. but. You are, uh, you're in a different place, different language, mm-hmm. different culture, different mm-hmm. food, uh, and yet you seem to just fit right in. In fact, they even said last night, I think, when we got back to the Capitol, that you are home. Mm-hmm. Welcome home. <laughs> so I want you to, I know you got a lot of things running through your head, but I want you to just share with our folks uh, what this trip meant to you. Uh, I'd love for you to tell the story of how you, you, oh, you yeah. uh, ended up on this trip. Uh, because that's a, a God thing for sure. Mm-hmm. And then um, anything else you want to share about your experience? Okay. Yeah. Um, first of all, I'm super thankful to be here. Uh, I do. I would love to start with the story of how it happened. So um, I received a call from my high school coach asking if I wanted to be a part of a basketball trip in, uh, in North Africa. And I was like, well, sure. Uh, and by the way, I have my passport. I just printed out my passport application that very day. That day. That day. Yeah. So I knew um, I should probably go. And uh, why did you why did you print that out? I had no specific reason. I just felt like I would need it. That was it. I felt like I needed my passport. And you thought that need might be coming sometime down the road, not a couple hours later. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. This was for, for the future, but I just felt that I would need it. And, and sure enough, as soon as I printed it, got the call and uh, started the process of getting over here. Yeah. So since you've been here, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it clearly God thing that you are here yeah. uh, and how you got here. Mm-hmm. But since you've been here, tell us about your experience. Uh, tell us what God is. Uh, taught you during this time, um, Dorsey's open, Dorsey's closed, uh, and what the future may look like. Um, the biggest thing for me has just been a restoration of a love for people. Um, I think the past couple of years uh, with COVID and, and, and some of the things that I was going through personally, mm-hmm. I just wanted nothing to do. I, I isolated myself from people. And uh, I felt like this was a part of a healing process. Mm. Um, it, it just felt so good to be around people and and away from a culture that I know, completely immersed into uh, a totally new culture was, um, it was just necessary. Um, yeah, that's all I could think of. But as far as the people, um, I want to say they are probably some of the most loving people I've ever met. So welcoming and so gracious and 
that melted away at my heart. So mm-hmm. like you do things like this and of course your, your your expectations are to serve, but I was on the receiving end of service throughout the entire trip. Um and and that just did my heart so much good. Uh I know God was using that to work on me in ways that I just didn't expect mm. or uh, see coming. Mm. What did you, um, let me ask it this way. What are you taking home with you? Mm. Um, I know you picked up some souvenirs. Mm-hmm. Lots of souvenirs. Uh, <laughs> tried your best, tried to, uh, tried your best to look native on this last day. I tried. Uh, but w- what are you really taking home with you? That is a great question. Um, a rekindled, uh, once again, the love for people, mm. but also just the spark of uh, love for life and and wonder and curiosity. Uh, there was so much um, fear and anxiety leading up because you never know. You, you have all these ideas of what a, of what a certain people group or place is going to look like, and da da da, and and all that was completely demolished. Mm-hmm. Um, so, leaving with no fear and lots of love, um, I just can't wait to get back to to be further. I guess uh, I don't know what's the word. I guess I'm just ready to get back to serve. Yeah, I, I haven't been on. I haven't served anything in a long time. Mm-hmm. That's to be to be quite honest. I haven't served in a long time. So this was that spark mm-hmm. to continue to do that. Well, this is the great great thing about um, having the opportunity to take a team like mm-hmm. this and into a place like this with folks that have been double digit times with us right. and folks that have been on their first trip. Right. Um, but you you came to serve, mm-hmm. and you did yeah. with a wide open heart, and people were attracted to that. People saw Jesus in you, mm. and yet you're walking. You're you're about ready to get on a plane, head back, and you say, "I want to go home and serve." Yeah, and um, that's a perfect picture of what we always are trying to do. We we want to take athletes and coaches. We want to bring home missionaries, yeah. and and that's what you're describing, just out of your heart. And I appreciate you. Uh, being willing to be vulnerable to get here, to to submit to to folks and and ask for help to oh, get here, oh, and yeah. um, and your presence was felt and your presence made a difference. I want to appreciate you. I want to thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. By the way, the generosity of others is completely what got me here, and I'm yeah. I love people. I love God. This is this has been amazing. Thank you for having me. Okay, so I'm now here with Bryson. Uh, Bryson has been with us before. Bryson went with us to the Far East a few years ago. Uh, but Bryson is a college basketball player now. And uh, I'm sure, as he's going to share, his experience in the Middle East is quite different than his experience in the Far East. Uh, but being the youngest member of the team carried with it its own uh, unique perspective. And so, Bryson, I want you to share with us um, what this trip meant to you, You know what you learned, what God showed you, uh, but also I want you to compare it. Not everybody that's, that is on this trip had been before, so you have a unique perspective uh, from that standpoint. So I also want you to compare this trip to your previous trip. Okay. So one thing that I learned, especially from this trip, is from the time of my first trip to this trip, 
I wasn't a believer. I thought I was. And so on that trip, I just went to, to go play basketball. And so while I was doing that, I got to be around people who shared the gospel and see how they worked. And, um, you know, part of my story, a couple couple months later, became a believer. And then I kept uh, wanting to go on another trip, wanting to go on another trip. And I finally got this opportunity to do this one. And I think what really the Lord showed me through this whole week is there is a joy that comes from sharing the gospel with others. And I think that's a blessing to be able to share in that joy as we're sharing the gospel, because that's where people's lives are changed. And um, to be able to do that is something amazing to me. Joy. Uh, That obviously comes, that's independent of your circumstances. Uh, If you have true God-given joy, you have it regardless of what's happening around you. Happiness is a victim of circumstance, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but there have been some happy moments on this trip. Um, you being the youngest uh, and brought its own uh, attention, right? And uh, and you, on one of our, uh, we did four different clinics uh, on this trip. And the first one, you had a small multitude of small people. Uh, tell us about that. What it was, uh, what it was like to to manage. Uh, about 85, 90 uh, elementary school kids on the uh, rooftop of a gym. Yeah. So I had always looked for the uh, the middle school age or the high school age kids to, to be around. And, you know, I trained some kids on the side sometimes, but they've never been little kids like I was around um, on this trip. And I really enjoy being with the smaller kids more than I ever thought I would and that's because I was put in that situation I wasn't I didn't pick that situation to be with them but thankful that I did because once you see how those kids open up after a couple times of getting another name and getting to see them um, as much as I loved on them they loved on me just as much and mm. so it came full circle for me mm. so we always ask this question uh, at the end of a trip um, what now right you're, you're transferring to a new school uh, you're going to start start playing basketball at a new school, new state, new new life almost. Mm-hmm. Um, how has this trip uh, affected what you're about uh, about to embark on? Because you're reporting school in a few weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, how does this change your perspective as you walk into a new place, a new challenge, new context, new people? Well, first off, I have to say that I'm in a new country, so um, <laughs> that's fair. I think walking into this. A lot of things in my life I walk into trying to kind of put a picture in my mind of what it's going to be like. And every time I get in a situation, it's completely different. So um, one thing is, is the only expectation I want to go into of this new chapter in my life really is that talking about that joy of sharing the gospel, remembering that, holding on to that and wanting to do that any chance I get at this new um, place that I'm going to be in. And, um, you know, pray for those opportunities that when they come, you know, the Lord works in their hearts, and it's not my words, but I pray that I, I never take a situation or a relationship for granted. So mm. that's good. Um, one last question for you: um, You had a chance to play a little bit over here against some coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, people want to know. There's some people listening that are that are athletes that um, you know they're they're still in their prime. A lot of people are listening or past their prom, sorry to say, but <laughs> me included. But uh, what's it like to play in a foreign place like this? I wouldn't say it's – the big difference is the skill difference. So here, they're, as you know, they're a lot more physical. Mm-hmm. 
um, and in the States, you know, we're not really allowed to touch each other. So um, that's a big difference. But the thing is about basketball is every time I play at a new place, as soon as you just start getting out there playing, it's almost like everybody's an equal. So yeah. um, I think that's one of the coolest things that even though there there's times where it does get physical and maybe you get frustrated because the, the play isn't as, as up to speed as you would like it to be. Yeah. Um, that's the easiest way that I've had in my life to build relationships. And so I say like basketball is the, the great equalizer for me with other people. So equalizer and barrier breaker. I yes. think, um, yes. you know, you, when you guys played, you, you played intermixed teams with their coaches. Mm-hmm. You didn't play us versus, uh, the country here. And so, we don't speak um, the same language. So. That's right. <laughs> but as you are playing with each other and not against each other, um, just saw just saw barriers fall. Yes. It was a cool thing um, to watch you guys warm up to their coaches, but their coaches just open up to mm-hmm. you guys. And that's why we, one of the reasons we do what we do. The way we do it is because sports, like you said, is a great equalizer, but I think it's also a barrier breaker. Yes. Bryson, thanks for being part of this. Thanks for coming on this trip. Thank you. I'm now here with Michaela. Michaela joined our team late. Um, I had a chance to meet her through uh, a mutual friend and then uh, catch back up with her about two weeks later at a dinner. And she said, God was just telling her to go. She didn't fit. In fact, this was a basketball trip and Michaela played college golf. Uh, She never played basketball growing up. And so uh, one might think, why in the world is Michaela going? Uh, but personally, after seeing her at work over the last week and a half, it's very clear why Michaela was going. It's because God has a plan for all of us. God has a plan for Michaela, and this was part of her journey, uh, despite not being prepared. Uh, from a background standpoint, despite not being prepared uh, from a, uh, a sports uh, standpoint, she jumped right in. And I was impressed with how you uh, you just threw caution to the wind and you just got out there and you you played ball you played you played basketball you played soccer uh in some of the pickup games we end up having that you just your enthusiasm was outrageous and contagious and uh i want to thank you for that but here's the question first question for you what has god shown you on this trip what what about this trip has affected your journey with him i think the first thing that comes to mind um, in the sense of what has God shown me is just to keep saying yes. Mm. There, um, just like you said, I was a late addition. I didn't really know what to expect. I I prayed about it for two weeks and was like, yes, let's let's do it. I am so excited for this opportunity. I have never really been on a trip like this. I've never really been on a trip like this. Um, on this side of experiencing Jesus personally. And so to be able to do that and to be so full of Jesus and to want to pour it out on the people, I think that was just my main drive of coming to this trip. I had no idea what to expect. I had no idea we were going to play that much basketball. (laughs) I played um, like one year of basketball growing up and I was terrible. So, so bad at it. And so this week definitely stretched me in the basketball realm. But it was super fun just to be with the kids and be able to realize that even if we couldn't say the name Jesus here, 
that all of our actions, the way that we smile, the way we interact with others, that can show Jesus just as much. Mm. So that was a really sweet thing that I learned. Um, I learned and was stretched in a lot of areas in just speaking to people. It was the first time I also had to speak through a translator. So mm -hmm. that was a very different experience. And I just absolutely adored being able to get to know people's stories and get to the hearts of others and learn skills that I want to take back home just to be more intentional with those around me to make sure I know, like, hey, what, what's going on in the people's hearts that are around me? Um, so I really enjoyed that. And, and the Lord's just showing me to say, just say yes. And um, when asked to kind of lead a Devo one morning, I was like, yes, yes, I'll do it. I had no idea what I was about to say, but the Lord comes through and gives you um, a, each and every word that you're to say. And so I think that's a super special it just experience to be able to experience the Lord guiding you through your obedience. Mm. Just say yes. Uh, many heard many pastors talk about it as uh, you're sitting across the table from from Jesus at a job interview, and you just go ahead and write yes on a piece of paper and slide it over to him. No matter what question he asks you, are you are you willing to do this? Are you willing? Can you do yes, 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 yes? Where is yes leading you? Uh, what you've experienced this week, what God's done in your life, uh, how God has used you in an unexpected way. You said yes to get here. You said yes all week, even though you were embracing the uncomfortable uh, and stepping out um, uh, in, a, in a, a show of faith. But where is your yes leading you? Well, to be honest, I'm not really sure yet. Yeah. So um, something one of the missionaries um, was saying here was that he, he liked to get to know what C was going to look like before he got to B. And so I think that was super influential to me to know like, oh yeah, I want to see the end game kind of before I take my next step mm. to know kind of where I'm going. And, and that's part of my yes is that, yes, I don't know where I'm going. Yes, I don't know the steps ahead of me, but I'm just going to say yes to this next little step in mm. front of me. And that was super influential to know that um, it's it's not about what the Lord's going to do through you, but just saying yes to knowing him more every step along the way. I mm. think that is a really sweet thing for me. And as far as saying yes when I get home, um, I mentioned just wanting to really dive deep into relationships with others and embrace the ministry that I have and keep learning about missions, keep learning about how I can be more involved in the future, whether that might be um, in an international missions opportunity again in the future or just whatever missions opportunities I have um, in, in the Tennessee area. Mm. Well, that's the beautiful thing is that uh, mission doesn't have an address, right? Uh, so, uh, you know, one of the things that we always want to try to accomplish one of the, the tasks that God has laid before us as a ministry is to not only use sports to reach the nations, but also use sports to grow the Christian. And, um, and just three words, we see that that's, yeah. that's happening. Absolutely. And, uh, we know that, um, God's calling you to, to bigger and better things. And we're excited to be Absolutely. a part of that journey. Thank you for coming on this trip, Michaela. Thank you so much. Um, bless the Lord. I'm now here with Todd. Todd was one of the elder statesmen of our group. Um, 
And you heard from Jamin a little while ago. Todd was Jamin's high school coach, the guy that called him the day that he had applied for a passport to ask him to go with us on this trip. Uh, Todd, you work in, have worked in the school system your whole um, public, I mean, your whole career. Uh, you've coached for 25 plus years at the high school level. Um, and that's what, that's one of the reasons on paper that you were so qualified for this, uh, because we were doing so much teaching and there was a lot of prep work that went into the trip and, and setting things, uh, up with the various clubs that we were working with and having your resume went a long way. Now we had some other people that maybe on paper weren't quite as qualified as you were, um, that did uh, an incredible job as well, but your resume helped us get here. And that's one of the things about where we work is they're, they're focused on status and, you know, experience and, and that kind of thing, something they can show to somebody else. And so you, you were, uh, perfect for us on that front. Uh, but I want to ask you, um, what, what did you learn on this? This was your first, first trip. Correct. And, um, and it was your first, uh, time doing, um, you know, any kind of, any kind of mission work overseas. And so, uh, tell me what God showed you. Um, tell me your experience. What, what did you learn? Um, how did you, how did you grow? How did things change from before you left to the time you got, uh, to, to now? So when I first heard about this trip, uh, my thought was, gosh, you know, I hadn't really given much thought to going on this type of a trip, mm -hmm. but it was so perfect for yeah. me as a former history teacher and uh, basketball coach that it was kind of tailor-made for me. So you say I was perfect for this trip. I felt like this trip was perfect for me. Wow. And there was a huge part of me that, you know, was excited to get to see things that I've talked about for many years in my classroom and things like that. I was really excited and probably that was the, a lot of the motivation was, man, this is a great opportunity to get to see those things. What I didn't really expect was how much I would love doing the work that we did basketball wise and working with uh, students, you know, elementary through high school. Uh, it was such a joy to get to be a part of that mm -hmm. and to uh, get to, you know, show some love and, and at least be a, a good example for these kids. Right. Uh, even though we might not be able to talk about Jesus very much, we can certainly show Jesus mm. as best we possibly can. And, and uh, man, all the high fives and, the you know, just having a good time. Selfies. Uh, Can't leave out the selfies. Selfies. <laughs> Took a ton of selfies and... Uh, <laughs> I know a lot of people, you know, maybe that they got tired of it. I, I promise you, I didn't get tired of it because mm -hmm. I know that's coming to an end. Yeah. So. yeah. You mean people don't stop you on the street back home and <laughs> want a selfie with you? No, not too often. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was neat. You, you know, you get to uh, feel the love right back from the yeah. people that we were around. And uh, it was just an awesome experience all the way. Mm. Well, what were you talk a little bit because you're you're an experienced coach. Uh I asked for your resume ahead of time, picture you on the sidelines coaching. We sent that ahead of time. So talk about uh, briefly what your thoughts and feelings were about this trip, what you thought it was going to be like, and then ultimately what you've experienced on this trip. Well, so what I thought it was going to be like, 
and I think my expectations were pretty close on some things. Um, but um, what I was, you know, I knew that the basketball part of it was kind of what got me here. Mm -hmm. And that if that's a tool that can be used, then that's just great. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I thought I was pretty much done with basketball and uh, to get kind of pulled in in this way and in such a fun environment. Uh, I think that's what I really kind of caught me off guard because mentally I'd kind of checked out mm. from coaching. Right. And this checked me back in mm. uh, as well as uh, just getting to have that opportunity to have influence and and share with young people in a different part of the world. Uh, I, I just, it's have, I have a hard time describing mm -hmm. the feeling of all of that, mm. uh, but it's definitely an experience I'll never forget. Well, one of the things that we always um, want to do is, is and, and challenge people to do is to think about what's next, right? Uh, we're getting on a plane in a few minutes. We're heading back home. Uh, you're going to a different home than me. You're going to a different state than I am. Um, but you are, you, you've left the sideline, as you mentioned, you're now in administration. How has this trip changed your perspective on your day-to-day -day role back home? So one good thing about being out of uh, coaching a sport is the time that it relieves for you uh, that you have available. Mm. And this trip kind of kicks me off into a time where I'm hoping that I am more of a servant at home mm. and more available for uh, things to help my church run smoothly. Mm. Okay. Uh, what was your, just briefly, what was your, if you can, what was your favorite or most unexpected memory of the trip? I, I, I loved all of the selfies. Yeah, for sure. That was a, a huge memory for me with all the kids and just, the, you know, I used the word earlier, uh, adoration yeah. with you. And uh, I, that was unexpected. And so that's probably what stands out mm -hmm. the most. Uh, but then I want to also say, you know, I, my personality is such that going off with a bunch of people that I really don't know for yeah. a couple of weeks doesn't normally sound like something I would want to <laughs> do. And we have all kind of grown together and yeah. become our own little family, you know, traveling together and looking out for each other and, and getting to know each other really well. That that too has been mm. an unexpected blessing. Yeah, it's a beautiful picture of the body being the body. And uh, when we're united on a goal, God unites our hearts as well. Todd, thanks for your time. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the trip. You made a huge difference. I appreciate it. I really enjoyed it. I now have here in front of me a dear friend of mine, a longtime Impact Sports vet. Uh, went on your first trip in 2007 overseas, right? Mm, yes. Yes. <laughs> I have John here with me. Uh, if you have read the book, Utterly Amazed, Stories from Outside the Boat, you're familiar with it, recall anything of it. John is the rodeo clown I was referring to in the book. Um, and the, for those of you that know John, maybe haven't read the book, you're not surprised by that. But John just has the unique spiritual gift to be able to walk up and start a conversation with anybody and make somebody feel welcome, make somebody feel loved just by the passion he brings. And uh, that's why he's such a valued addition to any of the trips that he goes on. But 
this is your first time here, first yes. time in this country. Uh, you've been East Asia, you've been in the Middle East before, but this is your first time here. So, one, I want to ask you, what did you what did you experience? What did you learn uh, this year on this trip uh, that maybe you haven't before? Um, part of your faith journey has been your journey with Impact Sports, and I've been blessed to see that up close. So, the second question is what what is First question is, what, did, what have you experienced new? And then the second question is, how has this affected your ongoing journey with Jesus? So how it has affected me, the, the new part is um, stories. Hmm. When it, the Bible is put together, it's put together completely with stories. Mm-hmm. And on this trip, I've learned that your life is already planned out. Your story is planned out from start to finish. But the book that you're about to write or looking to write is made up of your stories and chapters of your life. So my original uh, story started uh, as a kid with abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, now it is in a new chapter, which... Uh, you know, years, the transformation from uh, death to life, yeah. uh, walking in my faith and growing in my faith. And as I grow, there's a, a new chapter that's being formed year after year after year. And being able to take those chapters and when you're with a new team like we have here with us, uh, meeting guys for the first time and hearing their stories, which some of these guys have already shared or will be sharing uh, on this podcast and being able to look back and go, oh, that was chapter two of my life and I can help you with that because I've experienced it Hmm. and you'll get through it. Here's what I did and here's what God did through me to take me to the next chapter of my life. Hmm. And then meeting new people here in this country and whether being male or female, being 18 or 37, Mm -hmm. um, seeing them struggle with things that you may have struggled with in the chapters of your life that are in the book that are in the plan that God created for me and being able to help those people Mm. understand what he did through me and what I had to do to grow and rely on him to get me through Mm. that chapter of the book. Uh, And in the end, he knows what the end goal is, and he's got it. Mm. You just got to follow it. Mm. So on this trip, that's what I'm taking away. I'm in a new season of life. I'm, I'm by far the youngest one on this trip. I'm by sure. far. Yeah, by far. Um, and, and sitting on the sideline with some of it and watching, it, it's hard to do, but he's got me on the sideline for a reason. Mm-hmm. So that's what this trip has meant to me, mm. what I've learned. Mm chapters your story and, and and i think about past trips that you and i've been on and one in particular where i was talking with a, a young lady who was abused and she just broke down the last day that we were together and and i said hey can i can i have you come over here and talk to talk to john and you guys she just broke down and she started hearing her story and so i don't i i, I don't know of a specific chapter and verse that says this, but I guarantee you God does not waste heartache. In this world, we will have 
trial. Take heart for I've over, overcome the world is what Jesus says in John 16, And you have lived that, my friend. You've seen that. And, uh, and I've seen that in you. Uh, you tell me stories of your childhood. And, and then, you know, somebody that knows you now think, how in the world to those, are, are those the same people? Yep. But God's done an incredible work in your life. So that being said, and, and past trips um, being a part of your journey, how does this trip compare to others? What what did you what did you uh, see that was different here, maybe than any place else you've been? Oh wow, the brokenness here, the the lostness here, the the lack of understanding of Jesus and what Jesus can do for you. Hmm. Um, conversations that I had with with some people on the trip, they know Jesus, but they don't understand how can he, how can they get through forgiving people who have hurt them? And when you tell them, uh, turn to Jesus, and they say, I've turned to Jesus, but nothing's happened. Mm. And to be able to explain, it's not going to happen overnight. Right. And there's not a magic pill that you can take, and boom, forgiveness is there. You've got to want it. You've got to lay it at Christ's feet and and continue to follow it daily. Mm. Which is hard. Yeah. Nothing easy about it. Yeah. That is lost here. They they may know who Jesus is, but they don't know how to have that personal relationship and follow through that personal relationship. Hmm. So being here and meeting the, the people and trying to explain that to them and knowing that we may have the opportunity to come back and, and assist again uh, or even video conference to help them walk through it will be, you know, what's exciting to me to see what the next step, what's the next chapter, not just for me, but for them. In their life. Yeah. John, my friend, I appreciate you coming with us again and um uh, just the heart that God's grown in you and um both your willingness to serve uh not only those that we are coming to serve, uh, but you so quickly develop a heart for the our team. And, and their stories, as you've mentioned a couple of times. And, and so I want to thank you for all that you've done for me personally uh, and the joy I've seen in your growth. And um, I look forward to more times with you uh, in these contexts. No more podcasts, okay? <laughs> no no <laughs> more podcasts, okay. We'll just let you be the rodeo clown and we won't put you on the podcast anymore. Thanks, John. first month when we started releasing this podcast last year, we realized it had five Tuesdays. What in the world are we going to do on the fifth Tuesday? And so we started doing the top five on the fifth. And if you've heard any of any of those episodes, you know, they're silly, you know, they're kind of outrageous. And that is a part of what we do. We have fun on these projects. We have fun with each other. And my trusty co-host on those episodes are, uh, is intern Larry and intern Larry actually is on this trip with us. Uh, this is his fourth trip overseas with us. Uh, he's done some prison work with us and also interned with us a couple of summers. So you've seen uh, our ministry from every perspective, uh, pretty much, and has had a significant impact on your life and your journey uh, with Jesus. But I, I, I want to give you a chance because if I'm being honest, uh, I set the rules up and the regulations so that you look like a goofball most mm-hmm. of our episodes on the top five on the fifth. But I want you to, uh, I want to give you a chance to show. The people, but you have a little depth to you. There's a little mm-hmm. bit more to you than just you haven't seen enough movies. Uh, but here's intern Larry. 
Larry, I want you to um, I want you to tell us, you know, what what this experience was. You this is your fourth international trip. Yeah. It's your first one to the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Totally different culture, totally different context. Yeah. Yet still restricted to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, but what has this been like for you? Uh, what's God been teaching you? Uh, How has this impacted your journey with Him? And then uh, I want you to say a little bit about um, comparing this trip to those that you've been on before. Yeah. No, this was um, this has definitely been my favorite trip by far. I've taken this is my fifth one with Impact. I've taken a lot of prison trips, but this has been my favorite one hands down. Uh, on top of just the group we brought, the group we brought was incredible, and you'll get to hear from those guys later. But as we as we drove into the city uh, in the Middle East that we were going to be serving in about a week ago, I looked across a land um, that I didn't know much about except what we hear about in the Bible a little bit, and 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 all I knew that it was a Islamic country um, and that it stands that today. Um, it's a place that's just filled with darkness. There's more Islamic temples here than there are churches. In the Bible Belt, more prayer, more prayers said here uh, to Allah than prayer said to Yahweh back home. More bells ringing with the sounds of um, of Islam than than worship songs sung in the U.S. Like the people here, they lie dead, um, they lie lost, abandoned, and deceived. It's it, it's men walk with too much pride, uh, having been convinced that that they rule and and that everything's working towards their end. Um, that all reality is working towards their desires and that they can gain paradise uh, or, or eternity through the life they live as long as their good outweighs their bad, even though to them good is an idea. It's not a person. And it's women here walk with far too little confidence and far too little understanding of, of, of their worth and, and their value, having get, been convinced of lies that their worth lies in uh, what a man thinks about them and that their value lies in how strictly they follow the rules that the men of their society have set before them. And at the end of the day, lies in the false narrative um, that they can do nothing, say nothing and be nothing. And as, as we're going throughout the week and, and getting to have conversations and um, getting, get, getting to just see the Lord move in and through what we're doing here, all I could think about was how much Jesus speaks differently. All I could think about was how he sets a different standard. I could think about how he makes different claims and he does all of it in a more unique, a more powerful, a more grace filled and a more mercy centered way um, than any other man, man made idea could like artificially create because of his death and because of his burial and because of his resurrection. Jesus calls us in, in the Christian life to go deeper than just rules and regulations he calls us to go farther than just like religious platitudes, right? And just things where, where we, we're able to see the bottom. We're able to see where we stand because if I can see where I stand, then I'm good, right? If, if I can see where I fall on the spectrum, if I can see um, whether I measure up or not in terms of the good that I do or the bad that I don't do, then, then my faith ends with me. But with Christ, he calls me to a place. He calls us to a place where we can't see the bottom, right? He calls us to a place in the ocean of grace, right? Where um, where we, we, we can't rest on the stuff we've done. We can't rest on the good we do because in reality, we're never going to be good enough, right? We're never going to be um, worthy enough. We're never going to be 
perfect enough, but Jesus was our righteousness. Jesus is our righteousness. He is our good. And I, and, and, and I, and I say all that because this, like, that was my truth this week. Like that was, that was the truth that gave me hope this week, knowing that Jesus isn't done saving people here. Like there's a lot of people who don't know him here. There's a lot of people who could walk miles and miles and miles and not meet another person who believes like we believe. And somebody's got to come tell them. Somebody's got to come be Jesus for them and, and show them him. And yes, we have unique ways. We have different routes we try to run to get to the conversation of the gospel without openly doing it. But these people need the Lord and they, and they need to know that freedom has already been won for them and everything we do. Everything we do is impact everything we do as a, as a group, as a mission team, as basketball coaches. Everything we do is fighting from victory, is not fighting for it. Jesus has already won that day for us and he's won it for them. And somebody has got to tell them. And if anything, if this trip has done anything for me, it's assured me of the fact that we got to go. We got to go. And, and the, what it did for me is it just affirmed that I know that I'm going to be here long term at some point. Here is an overseas. I'm going. I'm going. I know. But I, I just want to challenge the listeners. Is the Lord calling you to go? And and when I say go, I don't just mean like on a trip. Maybe it is just a trip. But I think the challenge for all of us is to open our hands and being willing to hear a word from the Lord that might be go and like go for a while. I think a lot of times we don't, we, we say we're not called, but we actually don't ever ask the question because we're scared of the answer. And there's just a lot of people who need us to go. There's a lot of people who need us to go on impact trips. There's a lot of people that need us to go on church mission trips. There's, there's just millions of people around the world who need Jesus and we got them. We got to do something about it. On our last day back in the capital city before we flew home, we found ourselves up on a large hilltop around noon as the Muslim call to prayer rang out. It was nothing new. We had heard it four or five times a day while we were there. And I say four because sometimes we were lucky enough to sleep through the first one at around 5 or 5.30 because I don't remember getting to bed before midnight. But this time, being up on the hillside above the city, instead of being right beside or down the street from a mosque, all of the calls to prayer began to blend together. We were hearing dozens of prayers ring out from all over this massive city. And as we were listening, Bryson, whom you heard from earlier and was our youngest team member, said this. You know what that sounds like? It sounds like millions of people searching for Jesus. Now, I was up a little ahead of him, so I didn't respond to him immediately. But I was awed by the understanding and sensitivity that God had placed on his heart and mind. This was not Bryson's first trip with us, but it was his first in a Muslim country. And because of media ranging from the movies to the news, that sound alone, while in a Muslim country, can be very intimidating. I didn't ask Bryson if he was scared the first time he heard it earlier in the week, but it was incredible to see how God had so changed his heart in just over a week. So whether you're an avid listener to our podcast or this is your first time, whether you yourself have gone to the nations to help shine a light in the darkness with us or someone else, God has a bigger picture waiting to show you. All that's needed is your ability that he's given you, and most of all, your availability. So I say all that to say this. First of all, thank you to our team that sacrificed so much to go. Most of the trip, we felt inadequate to do all that was asked of us. But I was reminded of the Lord's words to Paul in 2 Corinthians twelve nine: My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Secondly, I hope this episode gave you a little glimpse of what God is waiting to do in and through you if you are bold enough to let him. 
Thanks for joining us today. And as a reminder, we release these podcasts the first and third Tuesdays of every month. If you're brand new to the podcast, go back and check out episode one so you can learn a little bit more about Impact Sports, what we do, but most importantly, why we do it. If you'd like to hear more from us, we are sending out a weekly email devotional called Thoughts from Outside the Boat. If you'd like to sign up to get those weekly, go to utterlyamazed.com. You can sign up right there on the homepage. You can also pre-order our study guide written to accompany our book, Utterly Amazed Stories from Outside the Boat. The study guide will be released in just a few weeks towards the end of this month. Please share this podcast with anyone you think may be interested, and then subscribe and review wherever you get your podcast. To find out more about Impact Sports, you can go to Impact Sports online, or you can follow us on social media at Impact Sports INT on Instagram or Impact Sports International on Facebook. We'll see you next time on I Say All That to Say This.